chef. And I am here to start the pot. So let me go. Hey guys, and welcome back to our anti-smoking podcast, um, where we tell our nicotine horror stories so your voice won't end up sounding like mine. My name is Brady King, and I've been smoking six jewels a day <laughs> since I was offered one by a 13-year-old in a Chili's parking lot, and that day changed my life forever. <laughs> and my name's Derek Foltz. Um, I have been smoking nine vapes a day, and it has burned a hole in my esophagus. Uh, But the cool thing about the hole in my esophagus is that it smells like cupcakes. (laughs) It smells like vanilla raspberry. Yeah. Uh, My name's Colton. Uh, I've been injecting marijuana for 13 (laughs) years. No. (laughs) No. Colton! Too real. <laughs> you guys, if we ever actually like want to get rid of cigarettes, Camel just needs to let me do like a voiceover with this voice of mine. Nobody will ever smoke again. I don't even smoke, and I don't want to ever smoke if I'm going to sound like you. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, actually, this is Stir the Plot, a podcast for movie lovers. I'm Brady King, and I'm sick. I'm Derek Fultz, and I'm rad. <laughs> I'm Colton Hart, and I'm Nito. <laughs> And hey, I'm Dalton. Remember that dare tiger? Yeah, we all failed him. So, um, funny turn of events. Uh, (laughs) If there sounds like there's like a break in the audio at all, it's because we uh, literally just got kicked out of where we were recording. (laughs) Literally chased out of the building. (laughs) Yeah. um, They had pitchforks and everything. Yeah, technically you're not supposed to break into a target after it's closed. (laughs) But I mean, I didn't read the rules. Before I went in, so who knew people actually go to the plant care aisle? Yeah, I thought it would have been fun to just record by the succulents. <laughs> Chip and Joanna Gaines themselves kicked us out of their target. Yeah, uh, they threw shiplap at us and <laughs> told us to, told us to get out. Um, so, despite being chased out of a building, we are still a podcast for movie lovers. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, what we do is we watch. The very first scene of a movie and the very last scene of a movie. And we just try to improv our way through what happens in between. I would like to say we have not once done this. Nope. <laughs> you have done this. I have not once done this. Have you, Derek? Oh, the the opening of it? The watch the open and the ending. 60 seconds. Oh, oh. no. Okay. Yeah, I've I've never watched it. <laughs> We've always just done it off the screen. For reading. sure not. Well, no. I, think it's, I think it's cheating. I think going into it cold is like the best part about this. That, yeah, like, that's that's way more fun. Yeah, also, and we always and we always ask each other like, would you see this movie after this? And I have not yet watched like one of the <laughs> movies that, that we've done. Like, yes, yeah. I would. Also, Brady, my laptop's using its fan right now, so I apologize if that pops up in there. Right, you're you're probably fine. We we literally got kicked out of a house and are currently sitting next to a highway. So <laughs> yeah, I think we're, I yeah. Think so we are uh, actually recording on the highway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was an 18 wheeler. It just <laughs> ran over my son, and I'm going to bury him in a pet cemetery. And we're just going to see where it goes from there. Oh, man. That was a reference to Stephen King's Pet Cemetery coming out oh. April 5th. <laughs> sponsored. Yeah, it's a sponsored post. Um, yeah, so sorry, guys. We did not come out with an episode this week uh, or last week, I guess. I personally was in Mount Vesuvius. I had a ring. And I was trying to throw it into the fires. So I guess the engagement didn't go well. No, it did not, it did not go well. Mm. <clears throat> uh, Brady, how about you? What's your excuse? Uh, I was trapped in a zoo. <laughs> oh. Uh, I ended up trapped with six uh, hostile Komodo dragons wrapped around my legs. 
Um, I was in a coma. <laughs> uh, just full on in a coma. I had a really enlightening experience while I was in there. Uh, I saw my dead dog. Mm. Um, and it talked to me in the voice of a man. Clint Eastwood? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he said, Derek, what are you doing with your life? You're sitting on a highway recording a podcast. You're you're not going anywhere in life. And I said, yeah, Lupe, I know. <laughs> My dog was named Lupe. <laughs> I'm going to... I have other dead dogs that I can pull from. <laughs> You've got a full I pet have my cemetery. Own pet, I have my own pet cemetery over here. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so that's where I was. Uh, they were finally able to wake me up uh, by just mentioning the word carbs. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here. We're Again, we're very sorry for not releasing an episode. No one, like, bombarded our social media asking us where we were. So it's like, it's almost like we weren't gone or we just have a very apathetic audience. It's yeah. a sweet, it's a nice relief not to come back to an angry mob, but also like, is anyone out there? Yeah. Cause I'm scared. <laughs> it's cold out here on the highway. Yeah. Alone <laughs> in the pet cemetery. Um, hey Derek, what movie are we going to do today? Uh, we are going to be doing a movie that is actually a remake of a movie from, I think the late seventies. Yeah. Called, 78, I believe. Yeah. Called Suspiria. Ooh, Salarian. Um, I think Cerulean. <laughs> yeah, Suspirian in the City of a Thousand Planets. <laughs> That's right. Yes, we are going to be doing uh, Disturbia. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about Santeria. I ain't got no crystal ball. <laughs> in all honesty, I I have never seen Criterion. I have no idea what it's about. Um, I, we're we're pretty much going into this blind. Uh, suburbia, I don't know too much about it. Uh, I've heard it's basically like one of those movies that like, uh, artsy pretentious people talk about a lot. Mm. The original one, the remake I've heard is like, okay. I haven't really heard a ton about it, but you know, whatever. Yeah. The remake of Corellia came out in 2017, 2018, I believe. So it's only a couple years old. Yeah. I think it was like high time for us to have a good movie mm -hmm. yeah considering it, we had like what transformers how it ends birdemic like all in a row yeah i think it's it, time we, that saigon gets a yeah we just really need <laughs> we just really needed some some relief yeah i mean personally like for my mental health i think we needed something my like, psych <laughs> my psychiatrist literally cannot take another bad movie yeah my therapist who listens to the show i don't have a therapist <laughs> I, also, I said psychiatrist not psychologist yeah my therapist who listens to the show was like listen if you don't stop subjecting yourself to this sort of mental torture i can't keep seeing you the first step to recovery is admitting you have a problem and boy, do I have a problem. <laughs> Only bad movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, we want to get started with this movie? Yeah, yeah so I think uh, without any further ado, the way we're going to do this is we are not legally allowed to play movie audio, so we uh, have converted everything into screenplay format, and we're actually going to read it and reenact it for you guys. Colton will be narrating. Derek and I will be playing a few different characters. So with that, Colton, take it away. Black. We hear the sounds of a riot in full swing. We fade in to see a lone girl hunched against the side of a building as throngs of angry men shout in German and pitch smoke grenades through a street window. Act 1, 1976. The girl makes her way quickly down the street, ducking past a squad of riot police into a nearby building. She hurries down the narrow hallways and several flights of stairs to a brown door with peeling paint. She bangs loudly on the door nervously humming a song to herself. 
An elderly German man with wispy hair and thin spectacles answers the door. His name is... <laughs> his name is Klemperer? That's, that's close enough. Close enough. Okay, his name is Klemperer. Patricia? Patricia moves slowly past him wordlessly, still humming to herself. She throws her bag down in a, in a small room and begins to sway around the room. Klemperer watches her curiously. I have a patient coming in five minutes. I can ask him to come back later. He guides Patricia into another room where she immediately sits herself in a worn chair and removes her shoes. She continues to hum. I, I have this song in my head and it's so loud. Kemperer flips a switch under his desk. A sign outside lights up in session. They're going to try and keep her alive after all. Kemperer begins taking notes. Marcos? Patricia reacts to the name, leaping over her chair into a corner, babbling nonsense. Quick, get a seats over there before the boys take them. Her words bleed from English to German as she mumbles to herself. I was right. They are witches. A gunshot from the riots below the window startles her. I have to tell Sarah to get out of there. If I leave without her, they may pick her next. Or Olga. I should warn Olga, too. Patricia begins to sway and dance around the room. Olga's already figured out things. She saw how they groomed me. There's more in that building than what you can see. She clutches a bookshelf for support, leaning against it as her hair covers her face. They've been underground since the war. And do you think they can hear you... now? Patricia looks at him, terror on her face. She nods. Ooh, spooky. Wow. Wow. One might call it Suspirious. Suspirious. (laughs) This movie is very serious. (laughs) So, here's my theory. All right, let's hear it. There was one uh, particular line of uh, stage direction that uh, really stood out to me. Okay. And that she uh, was humming a song to herself. Ah. This is a musical. Okay. Mm. This is a a period piece, obviously, because it's a 1976. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that this is a musical where... uh, it's just the it's just the two. It's Patricia and Klemperer. Klemperer Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> do it, do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's humming the song, you know, and they're having this, you know, thing they're talking about witches or whatever. It's uh, sh- uh, I think Patricia is a part of a play, okay. probably like Macbeth. She was having initial thoughts about like what these characters could be, and she's like, "Oh no, I was right. They are witches." Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah. And then, you know, she has the song in her head. And then whenever he asks, like, and do you think they can hear you now? She nods. That's, like, right before it goes into the first song. Gotcha. Mm. So, like, the next scene is, like, a song and dance routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. Do you think maybe she's, like, trapped in a musical? Because she, like, says, like, mm-hmm. I have the song in my head. And it's so, loud. like, she's acting really weird. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's, it's very self-referential. Like, she knows she's in a musical and she just can't get out. Right. Well, I think everyone in a musical knows that they're in a musical, and gotcha. uh, I feel like this is almost like a personal hell for them. La La Land would have been much more interesting if there were tears streaking down everyone's face. <laughs> <laughs> so they it, smiled and powered their way through it. If it was just like a Jordan Peele shot of just someone with tears just streaking <laughs> down their face as they stare off into nothing. I can't stop tapping my feet. <laughs> So if, if you think it's in a like a period piece musical, do you think it's in the same vein of like the Sound of Music franchise, maybe? Mm. Maybe so. Maybe Patricia is one of the like lesser known um Von Trapp sisters. Von, yes, one mm-hmm. of the Von Trapp kids. <laughs> 
she thought that she had escaped the first musical that she was a part of. It turns out the song that's in her head is Do Re Mi. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the beginning of the movie, there's also like a riot in full swing. Mm-hmm. So I guess the bigger question is like, in this world that we're creating, what are they rioting about? Mm. The fact that they are becoming self-aware that they're in a musical. Gotcha, yeah, and it just makes them really. They don't want to sing anymore. Right. Yeah. They can't help but sing. Like, mm. you know, uh, they're actually singing along to just Paramore songs. <laughs> <laughs> specifically off the album Riot. Gotcha. Uh, so you just hear kind of like muffled in the distance the <laughs> of misery business. <laughs> wow! Yeah. While people are just like absolutely losing their minds outside. Mm. Do you think that's also what was happening in the Kendall Jenner commercial where she uh, offers the guy a Pepsi? Yes. <laughs> absolutely. A Pepsi? Where Kendall Jenner single-handedly destroyed racism yeah and solved race race relations in america pepsi Uh oh man okay so here's my thoughts on this movie and i can prove it (laughs) he's got scientific science backs me up that's right stephen hawking (laughs) that's right um this movie is i think very similar to what derek was saying this movie is a couple taking their kids to disney world Wait, Wait, I can prove it. The <laughs> okay. riot, and she's she's had a mental breakdown because it's Disney World, and her kids are insane. Right. Yeah, that's what the she is seeing the riot as the crazy park goers. The song she has stuck in her head is "It's a Small World," mm. and it's like she thinks that Disney is listening in on everything going on <laughs> because um, they are because they are. Yeah, I mean, she's onto the right track. Yeah, the riot outside. It's because Disney literally tried to buy Germany. <laughs> Look, they're probably on. That's probably on their list at some point. Yeah, it was like the Fox merger. Uh, next, they're gonna get Warner Brothers, and and after In that, Germany. it's just a full-on country. <laughs> Germany, the sovereign state of Disney. Yes. <laughs> All hail your new emperor, Mickey Mouse. Ma- Klimperer, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> All hail Klimperer Mouse. All hail. <laughs> Comrade Mickey. What is oh, it? No. Kelly K E L. Wait, no. M. Wait, how do you even spell this? I'm trying to do the Mickey Mouse theme, but it's oh, not Mickey. oh, I see where you're going. K L E. What a name. That poor kid. <laughs> that poor mom just had to get something out quick. Yeah, she's like she had a she was on a, a time schedule. She was n- she was not about to miss days of our lives for this for this kid. Man, he was going to be named Clemp, but she was like, name him Clemp or or something. <laughs> I'm assuming that he's like was born in like the 30s or something. Right. So you know, like medicine was a lot different back then. So she, woman was probably drunk out of her mind. <laughs> she um, was stoned. And so she cold. meant to name him Clinton, but they're gotcha. like, "What do you want to name your baby?" She's like, "Clemper." <laughs> and they're like, "Okay." <laughs> what did she say? I don't just write down consonants. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I guess there's really only one way to find out if our theories are correct. Um, let's go ahead and read the very last scene of Suspiria. We see a large dance studio where women of varying ages perform their routine stretches. The leader of the group strides in. Girls, I need you to listen. I have such sad news, and I want you to be brave when you hear it. Madame Blanc has left the company. We cut to a room full of straight-up gore. Blood covers every inch of the floor and walls as several women pile bodies in the corner. Madame Blanc lies on the floor, blood pooling from her neck. We cut to a small... (laughs) Did you say goals? Yes. (laughs) We cut to a small, cozy room where Kemperer 
lays in bed <laughs> reading a journal. He looks exhausted and ill. It's like you, you're Same. sneezing every time you A jumper! <laughs> a young woman scurries in, placing his breakfast on the bed. This isn't the way to do it, doctor. I nearly called the police myself. You haven't been well, I know. She turns, startled at another woman. Susie, standing at the door. How did you get in here? Wait outside. The woman leaves Susie and Kemperer alone. Kemperer recognizes her, but the memories they share don't seem to be pleasant. Susie takes a seat on the bed and removes her jacket. The two stare at each other intently for a few moments before Susie speaks. I regret what my daughters did to you. I wasn't in a position to prevent it. I believe you deserve to know the truth. She lets out a long sigh. Your wife did try to make it south, to Teplis. She was apprehended by border guards in the woods just outside of Glashut. It was then taken to... Oh my god. <laughs> I wrote that and I still have, can't pronounce have it. Have fun with that one. Hold on. I think uh-huh. it's Ther... Uh, Therestant. She was then taken to Thessalonica. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just... I I'm think it's Therestant. Therestant camp. Can I just like can I just make the noises that he makes in the sta- in the in yeah. the stage directions? <laughs> Kempera recoils in anguish at the name. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, are you okay? Do you need do you need some water? I'm good. Keep going. Okay. She lived there for twenty days. On the eleventh of November, nineteen forty-three, the commandant of the camp, a man named Berger, ordered all forty thousand detained there to stand outside in the cold for a census. Kemperer begins to break down in heavy sobs. <laughs> hours and hours passed. Some hundreds died of exposure. <laughs> I'm sorry. I cannot deal with these gorilla noises. <laughs> <laughs> so, so are you crying or having a bowel movement? Make up your mind. Both. I'm old. Some hundreds died of exposure. Your wife had two women with her as she died. Women she had befriended who made her feel like she was not alone. Her final thoughts were of her birthday, when you took her to a concert. It was the first time you held her hand. She was cold when she died, but she wasn't afraid. She was thinking only of you. Kemperer begins to collect himself as Susie places a hand on his head. Of Ankh, of Patricia, of Sarah, of me, of all the women of your undoing. When I touch your face, every memory of them will vanish. They'll melt in the sun and be gone. Kemperer's body begins to seize. Susie has disappeared, but the bed rocks back and forth with the seizure. The woman runs back in to grab his hand. Doctor! Finally, the seizure subsides, and Kemperer regains consciousness. He glances around the room, drawing in slow, deep breaths. He looks confused, but alive. What a fun ending. Wow. What the heck? Here's here's a larger question for our world building. Mm-hmm. They went to a concert. Who did they go see? Ooh. Oh, Maroon 5. <laughs> in 1976. <laughs> Actually, this is in like the 40s. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, I'm going like to go ahead and like shoot out the idea that Adam Levine is a vampire. Mm. Um, or he's just been talented since he was a small infant. Right. I mean, and this is during like Letters to Jane. Like... <laughs> All right, so we've now created a musical world in which Adam Levine is a vampire. Oh, wait, that's the one we live in. (laughs) (laughs) Which him being a vampire would explain all the blood. Oh, that's true. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Do you think Adam Levine's coming back for his? Oh, 
every every so often he befriends a some dancer girl and makes her kill everybody. Like maroon five murder spree. Mm. Maroon, which Blood. is also the color of the Aggies, which are, <laughs> which are a known cult. <laughs> uh, shout out to all our Aggie listeners, uh, all seven of you. Hey, whoop. We get yeah, we get the uh, the demographics from like the area, and we show at least seven people listening. So uh, musical, right? Adam Levine's a vampire. Mm-hmm. Uh, kills this poor woman named Madame Blanc. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, Matt. Let's pour one out for Madame mm-hmm. Blanc. Mm-hmm. If you are listening to this in your car, go ahead and pull it, pull over. Uh, get the 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 Coke slushy that you are drinking right now. I know you're drinking one. No, no, turn the radio off. Turn turn it off. No, well, don't turn us off. Yeah, no, just pull over. I said pull over. <laughs> yeah, this is the police now. Um, <laughs> no, pull over on the side of the road, whatever road you are on, and take your Coke icy dump. Just a little splash of it out for my main gal, Madame Blanc. <laughs> she appreciates your sacrifice. She does, and so does Adam Levine. So, what do we? So, how many songs do we think are in this movie? Is it worthy of a Spotify album? Like an original cast album, or like? Could it be adapted into a Broadway stage play? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think, think so. so. Pretty easily, and we all know that Adam Levine disdains musical theater, so this should be real interesting. Does he really? I have no idea. Oh, <laughs> no, making like, broad are we just, accusations. Are we just like now doing hot takes on Adam Levine? No, he actually like apparently, if you sing like some musical theater songs, he will break down laughing. No, really? Because he has like an extensive. It's either him or Taylor Swift. <laughs> two very different. I don't no, remember which two one. I'm very pretty sure it's Adam Levine. Two very similar musicians, <laughs> Adam right. Levine and Taylor Swift. Right. Taylor Swift is also a vampire. What do you think her album Red was about? Ooh. Hot take. Which other which other famous oh, songwriters no. are actually vampires? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say Lionel Richie because uh, when he said hello. Is it me you're looking for? It's very well known in vampire lore that they can't enter a house without being uh, without being invited in. And so when she says like, "Yeah, it is you I'm looking for. Like, why don't you come in?" and he's like, "Oh, thank you," and then uh, gets uh, just chomping down on neck. I will say also that Michael Jackson and Justin Timberlake are vampires um, because they both have songs about mirrors, and we all know that vampires can't see themselves (laughs) in mirrors. What a timely reference. Are we just forgetting, like, Surviving Neverland? Oh, no. <laughs> a documentary that came out, like, last week. <laughs> Yikes. Never mind. We could cut that one out. Uh, I think Insane Clown Posse, for sure. But they're, like, the chaotic good vampire. Okay, so, like, you know? the Cullens from Twilight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> the, uh, yes. The only way that I would describe the Cullens from Twilight are chaotic are good. chaotic good. <laughs> because I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, so we've established a little bit of world building. So, like, where do where do we think this is going from here? I mean, like, who's the Susie character that's coming in? Right. Uh, I think Susie is Patricia taking on a different name. Okay. Mm. Uh, because they find out that she is one of the like missing Von Trapp children. Is it Patricia? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Patricia. Okay. <laughs> it's Patricia. And so she decides to run off to this dance studio where she goes under the name uh, Susie. Gotcha. Decides to try to live a normal life without letting them know that she is basically the victim of a musical. Mm. And so how does she find out about, about Kimperer's um, wife? So because of Patricia's sort of 
trauma uh, at being at the hands of a musical. Uh, she has dreams and visions. Okay. So she has dreams and visions. And in one of those visions, Kemperer's wife comes to her and she's like, yo, listen, this whole musical thing, it was all started by Adam Levine. <laughs> My husband, you know, Kemperer, your therapist, took me to a con- a Maroon 5 concert and he killed me. <laughs> right there on the Ooh. stage. Ooh. Ooh. And then she disappears into the fog. What do you think the, what was it, the glashut or the... Theris, watch your mouth. <laughs> it's probably a refugee camp, if I had to guess. Maybe yeah. for like vampiric survivors. Yeah, or like, it's like the purgatory of vampiric victims. Yeah, and then Adam Levine is all just, I guess, forty. What was it? Forty thousand detained stand outside in the cold because they don't have any more blood. Right. Yeah, and I think that Patricia knows this uh, because she ran into Adam Levine on the set of the Macbeth play that they're doing. And she can just feel a vibe from him. Y'all, more proof that Adam Levine is a vampire. Maroon's song, Daylight, has the lyrics, When the daylight comes, I'll have to go. <gasps> oh, shoot. Yeah, isn't there a lyric in there about his 40,000 body count? That's right. <laughs> in his hit song, I'm a vampire, he in talks the, about in his hit In the song, song Girls can... Like You... <laughs> That's true. That music video is just a rotating like visage of all his victims. How did we miss this? Ellen's a ghost. In the song, in the song, she will be blood. <laughs> we hear like a. This is the vampire police. Like, open up. We've actually stumbled onto a conspiracy theory that Adam Levine is a vampire. I don't know that we stumbled upon it. I think it just kind of fell into our lap. I think, it was, I think it's true. I mean, he's been, uh, it's literally like the snowman. It just says, Mr. Police, I gave you all the clues. Yeah. And at the end, when Susie is sort of like listing off all these names of people that they were in contact with, sort of like Adam Levine's like kill count, mm-hmm. um, she's trying to give him some sort of like solace, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh, hold on. I think that Susie might have solved the Adam Levine problem. So okay. I think. That in the dance studio, there was a huge fight. Adam Levine and like his uh, his band, Maroon 5, right. uh, stormed the gates of the dance studio. And they <laughs> had to defend themselves. Madame Blanc at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Adam Levine kills Madame Blanc. Right. Mm-hmm. But Susie lands the winning blow against Adam and kills him. Gotcha. So that's why she's trying to give Klimper solace because she basically did what he couldn't, and that was kill Adam Levine and get revenge for him killing his wife. But I mean, Adam Levine is still alive to this day, so like, it, it's kind of a bittersweet thing because we know yeah. he survives. Right. Right. This is a documentary. Uh-huh. <laughs> Does every movie we do turn into a documentary? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> what a wild ride of an action movie that we. Yeah, yeah an action musical. An action tween vampire musical that we've created. Yeah, I think this is going to have a killer soundtrack. We're going to sweep at the Grammys. Yeah, I'm so excited for... uh, Who do do you think's featured on the album? Uh, The Weeknd. Of course. Um, (laughs) I think Chance the Rapper has something on there, too. Yeah, Chance has something. Uh, I think that Evanescence comes out of hiding and uh, does like a... You know, kind of like a Maroon 5 up version of Bring Me to Life. I heard Danny DeVito is going to be in it. Mm-hmm. He does a spoken word <laughs> uh, for the credits. Basically, it's his audition piece from Detective Pikachu. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. Yeah. Gotta catch them all. All the vampires. 
Poke. Oh, uh, uh, uh. Danny DeVito is a vampire hunter. Confirmed. <laughs> Danny right. DeVito is Van. I almost said Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> Danny DeVito is Van Halen. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Dan- Danny DeVito is Van Helsing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brady. So we've created this really uh, disturbing, horrible world. What's this movie actually about? So Susie Banyan is a young American ballerina who travels to Berlin to study dancing at the Marcos Tans Company, one of the world's most renowned schools under Madame Blanc's management. On her very first day, one of the students who had been recently expelled from the school is murdered. As this appalling happening does not seem to be an isolated occurrence, the brilliant new student soon begins to suspect that the school might be involved in the homicide. Her mistrust heightens when Sarah, one of the girls at the school, tells her that Pat, before being killed, confided to her that she knew and guarded a terrifying dark secret. Um, And I'm just going to go ahead and let you guys know. So while I was transcribing the end scene, I backed up a few minutes. What was a nice sort of like murder drama turned into uh, a coven of witches (laughs) devouring everything in sight uh, and showering the room in bright red blood. As okay. far as we know, Adam Levine was not present during that time. Official police report is not out. <laughs> but let me tell you, it was a trip. It was horrifying. So basically, like, this is a dance studio run by a coven of witches. Yeah, pretty much. What is their, like, end game? Like, why do they kill? Are they just basically doing, like, blood sacrifices? Or is it like... Yeah, I think it's like a blood sacrifice ritual. Okay. And Kemperer, actually, he sort of stumbles on the ritual. And at the end, everybody sort of, like, goes back to normal. Yeah. Which, like, all the dancers you see at the end scene, they were all part of it, but they have no memory of it. Oh. Except for Kemperer who is lying in bed trying to wrestle with what on earth just happened. Okay. Is dancing a part of the ritual? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a big, like, sort of ultra dance festival sort of thing. <laughs> it's a electric daisy carnival. Yeah, and just... girls in crop tops and glow sticks. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, I, uh... I watched a video about kind of, like, the practical effects that they use in this movie, and it looks wild. Yeah. And disgusting and horrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, like totes down with witches but like i'm not really down with witches either i am down to watch adam levine <laughs> do his thing on screen yeah i i do feel like i'd watch this movie it i've heard it's gotten really good critical reviews yeah um and i i really do i'm a big fan of horror i i don't know i think it just like plays with theme more so than any other genre yeah uh i have not been a fan of horror for most of my life uh, because I get scared really easily, and it sticks with me. <laughs> I get scared, and then, like, for weeks, I'm just, like, looking over my shoulder. Adam Levine isn't lurking yeah. in the weeds. But I've been, like, really interested in just kind of it as a genre. Yeah. A lot of the things that, like, modern horror is doing now, movies like The Babadook and mm. uh, Suspiria and, uh, you know, like, Get Out and Us and... And kind of how they have, like, a message attached to it. Yeah, I think horror really can, more so than any other genre, can play with commentary. I mean, just in reference to The Babadook, I don't think we're ever going to do that on this podcast because I'm pretty sure we've all seen it. Yeah, and I also love that movie. Yeah, um, so The Babadook is not only, like, one of my favorite horror movies, it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. It is a really poignant message about like depression and grief mm-hmm. and how that can change you as a person and take you over and affect even the people that are around you and make you do things that like you wouldn't think that are possible for yourself. And I think that's such an interesting way of looking at it through the lens of a monster movie. 
Well, because I think horror allows you sort of a, a lens with which to view the worst of humanity. Right. And then there's also just like cheap slasher horror. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a social commentary on Texas. Yeah. yeah Halloween sure. is a social commentary about William Shatner's role in uh, Star Trek. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so I think that does it for our theories about Suspiria. But we're going to jump into our new segment. Uh, yeah, welcome back to Shake and Not Stirred, um, the podcast within the podcast. Um, yeah, basically, I have two wheels here. Uh, one is uh, several movies that most people have seen, and the other one is movie genres. And we basically spin both of them, uh, and we get different combinations, and we basically improv what we think a movie like that would be like. So, for instance, it could be, what was one we did last time? Yeah, so we might get, like, Lion King as a rom-com or Jaws as, like, a Disney movie or something like that. All right, so I'm going to spin the first wheel. The Dark Knight. Oh. Okay. As. So much comedic content. Mm -hmm. As a chick flick. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and say it first and foremost. Bruce Wayne is no longer the main character of this movie. Rachel is. <laughs> yeah. It's like her friends don't believe that she's in love with Batman or mm-hmm. don't believe that they, she has a thing with Batman. Right. Right. And like he only shows up whenever she's alone. Right. And so she's trying to prove to all her, her friends. friends that she's dating Batman. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that she's in like. Uh, a, a crisis of she's in love with three different men. Mm-hmm. So she's in love with Batman. Right. Obvi. She's in love with Harvey Dent and the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> she's got some real. I was about to say, I'm not sure how that triangle happened. But um, maybe they met at like a social event. Yeah. I think sort well, of like, it was at that party that Bruce Wayne had. In oh, the that's right. Dark yeah. That when he right. came out of the elevator, she was just like, mm. she was smitten. Yeah. Wow. She's also a juggalo. Yeah. She was really into the clown. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think she's having like, there's one scene where she's obviously having like cocktails with her gal pals. And uh, she's like, guys, I think I'm willing to be a juggalo. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, Rachel, what are you doing? You're His going smile to ruin is just so... I want to know how he got those scars. <laughs> He's given us three different stories, but I don't think any of those are true. Yeah, I think I can break through to him. This movie does not pass the Bechdel test. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, there's so many scenes of Rachel talking to her lady friends about her male friends. Uh, and I think in the end... She doesn't choose any of them, and she goes for the next, in my opinion, most obvious choice, Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> oh, he's with kids. Well, I mean, think I about it. I didn't say he's Rachel a, wasn't a homewrecker. I mean, think about it. He's got a steady income. A sick stash. Uh, alternate plot for this movie, halfway through, Batman hits his head and can't remember anything that happens within a 24-hour period. <laughs> She over takes up the mantle over. of the bat right. to keep fighting crime. <laughs> is this Dear John? <laughs> or wait, what's that? 50 First Dates. Is it? Oh. Yeah. Uh, you thinking 50 First Dates, I was thinking of Dear John. Oh, God. <laughs> we were on we're two in, different wavelengths. We we're also not, familiar, not that familiar with Tick Flicks, apparently. Apparently oh, not. All right. I'll give us another one. <laughs> the King's Speech. Oh, God. <laughs> As an anime. 
This one might be really hard to do. Yes. So maybe uh, Colin Firth has to battle his way through the seven levels of hell to get his voice back. <laughs> or they're, they're like, it's like they're all dragonborns from Skyrim and they're just like yelling at each other and it's just like. Right. Uh, I think that the King's speech in question here is uh, all Colin Firth's internal monologue right? Uh, that lasts for about three seasons. Yeah, it's pretty much just one long, like, seven series flashback scene. Yeah. Uh, I'll give us one more. Colin Firth is so powerful, he can defeat anything in one punch. Oh, no. One punch speech. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. Oh, boy. Dusting off some oldies. As a musical. <laughs> How relevant. Yeah, coincidentally. We... Adam Levine searched for the, the Lost yeah. Ark. Adam, vampire Adam Levine searches for the Lost Ark of the Covenant. Gets stopped by Indiana Jones. Hilarity ensues. Because when vampires drink the blood of Christ, they will actually become an all-powerful being that live forever. Wow. Isn't that, isn't that pretty much what happens at Mass? <laughs> we can't put that in. We can't put that in. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Raiders of the Lost Ark as a musical. I think it's just uh, the Ark is not the Ark of the Covenant anymore. Okay. <laughs> the Ark is a cruise ship. <laughs> like there. Yeah. It's a Royal Caribbean cruise. Uh, mm-hmm. The ship is called the Ark. Yeah. Um, it gets lost at sea. Indiana Jones is on, of course. We're still going to keep him. Uh, do we want to keep the Nazis? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Indiana Nazis Jones. Need a, Nazis goes... need a vacation, too. I yeah, I mean, that's essentially just a cruise in 2019 at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he goes on a Nazi cruise. You never know. Um, it could be you. You could be the Nazi. <laughs> J.K. Rowling reveals that you were the Nazi all along. <laughs> so he's on this cruise. Uh, the Ark gets lost. Um, and raided by pirates. Ooh. Okay. It is a very nautical musical. We have now created a world in which <laughs> Indiana Jones and Nazis have to work side by side together. I think this is what American needs. And I was about That's to say, right. I That's feel exactly like this is the feel-good buddy comedy that uh, American needs right now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, a patriotic college professor teaming up with probably the most hated, despised group of people in the world <laughs> is the buddy comedy that we all needed and uh, to mend the open wounds of tension in America. I'd watch yeah. it. <laughs> the fifth Indiana Jones is uh, yeah. Yeah. up to be something else. Sorry, it, has four- to be, it has to be better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, I was about to say, sorry, the fourth Indiana Jones movie. There was because, a fourth? There was yeah, a fourth? there's only three Indiana Jones movies, yeah, there's only three. so like, I don't. Oh, oh right. Okay. Just like there's only three Pirates of the Caribbean movies. <laughs> yeah, Dead Man's Chest at World's End and uh, Dead Man's No Tales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. The best three. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's all I got for us for Shaken Not Stirred. Um, we're going to go into an old, an old segment with a new name. Yeah. So I had an epiphany while I was sleeping one night. <laughs> and we're uh, six episodes in and need to start rebranding ourselves. <laughs> Um, I was sleeping, it was at night, and I was jolted awake, uh, with the name Real Talk. (laughs) You know, Real Talk is like, you know, it's, you think in your head, R-E-A-L, no, 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 this is a movie podcast. This is R-E-E-L, Real Talk. Do you get it? 
Yeah. <laughs> do you get Do you get the joke? Yeah. Get, it's like real. We're gonna We're gonna pause for laughter. I want absolute silence from everyone. Do you get it? Because it's like I said, absolute silence. <laughs> no, we're moving forward. Um, so this is uh, what used to be known as "Let's Talk About It" because that's a mouthful, and we can't brand "Let's Talk About It." Um, so this is now a segment known as "Real Talk," where we just kind of talk about things that we have been watching uh, that we have enjoyed recently. So Brady, let's go ahead and start with you. Uh, I actually just watched Us last night, and Ooh. man, that movie is an acid trip. Uh, but I loved it. It was just chock full of symbolism. And I think this is the movie that's going to just sort of force Hollywood to take Jordan Peele seriously as a director. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's one thing to be able to direct something like Get Out and be considered a one-shot wonder, but do it two times in a row. And I feel like you've pretty much got whatever budget you want for for your third, hopefully, horror movie because Jordan Peele is an expert at it. Uh, You you can tell that he loves horror the tension is is there in all the right places he mashes all sorts of like genre conventions together never once did i think i would hear a horror scene go down to f the police by nwa (laughs) um but it was incredible and it was tense and i'm all about it jordan peele keep doing your thing man yeah i will go ahead and tack that onto that that i also was going to say us there's just so much that you're left to think about afterwards uh, so if you have not gone and seen us, it's been out for probably a week at this point. Um, I would definitely go see it as soon as possible. Uh, one more thing that I was going to bring up uh, as of today that we are recording, I think it's Friday. Uh, Billie Eilish has come out with a new album called When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Uh, she is pretty much the biggest thing in music right now. And this album kind of cements that for her. Uh, it's a really, really good album. It's like weird anti-pop. Ooh. Uh, she has a really great voice and the, yes. she has a really great production team behind her. And like that girl has more talent in her 17 year old pinky than I do in my entire body. Right. She, she's uh, only 17. She's mm-hmm. only 17. She yeah. came out with her first like hit song, Ocean Guys, Eyes, when she was 14. I'm going to go run in traffic real quick. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're already yeah, we are all like, in our like mid 20s. <laughs> Sitting in a living room of a duplex, <laughs> uh, recording a podcast. Looking while at she's each other, up. surrounded by pillows. Yeah, <laughs> by blanket forts. It, yeah, it's literally a, a mid twenties blanket fort. Y'all, the behind the scenes of this podcast. Is yeah, nothing we're not missing much. We've thought about recording this before, and then we think about our setup, and we're like, oh, we don't want to subject them to that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, where when we all fall asleep, where do we go? Is the new album by Billie Eilish. I've been listening to it today, pretty much nonstop. And I can't stop wearing all black because of it. So I <laughs> somehow def- I woke up this morning with eyeliner on. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't put eyeliner on since I've been in theater, and that's been quite a while. <laughs> so um, definitely go look that up. Also, go see us, uh, Colton. What about you? Um, I just finished Umbrella Academy, Brady. I know that you've also yes. seen it. Um, it is by far my favorite thing on Netflix right now. Yeah. Um, visually appealing, story is amazing. This is kind of a spoiler. One of the characters went forward in time and then lived like 50 years. And then he comes back as a like 13 year old, like in a 13 year old's body. And his character is the best thing about the show Mm -hmm. or one of it's so funny to like hear him like grumble as an old man in a 13 year old body. Visually, there's a there's a character who's literally all CGI. This is Pogo. It's amazing. Yeah, so Pogo was actually done by Weta Digital, um, the guys who did 
the Rise of the Planet of the Apes series. Oh. And they brought that technology onto the show. Looks That's phenomenal. the first show, maybe besides Game of Thrones, I've ever seen that has cinema quality VFX mm. in a television series. It's, it's insane. And I'm a, I'm a My Chemical Romance fan forever. And Gerard Way wrote the comic that it's based on. Yeah. Uh, who's the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. It ends on like the biggest cliffhanger, but it also sets it up for a second season. And they're they are confirmed for a second season. I believe. Yeah, I think they. I think they announced that they were confirmed for a second season. Yeah, and so I'm super pumped about that. I'm also super pumped about Borderlands Three. Um, and they literally just kind of were like dropped the trailer and were like, "Yeah, we're literally releasing this tomorrow, basically." <laughs> um, but I'm super pumped for that. Other than that, there's nothing really on my radar right now. Captain Marvel was okay. Oh yeah, we have to talk about Captain Marvel. Yeah. I really, really like the Marvel movies, and I really tried hard to like Captain Marvel. I really did. What could have helped me, I think, a little bit was to uh, narrow down her powers set a little bit. It was confusing. To know what she can and can't do, uh, because as of this point, I'm like, there's literally nothing that Captain Marvel can't do. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's basically the Superman of the Marvel Universe, yeah. which is what makes her character so difficult because when you have a character that is not inherently flawed, uh, that becomes tricky. Right. Um, but upon second viewing, I was able to enjoy it more, um, I guess because I wasn't looking at it at a crit- with a critical eye. Yeah. Mm. Um, it was pretty average by Marvel standards. Yeah. Maybe below so, but it tied a lot of threads together for the yeah. Marvel Universe. Yeah, well, so... Uh, one thing that really spoilers i guess uh one thing that really confused me was just the tesseract and yeah. the timeline of the tesseract if i remember correctly the tesseract was with captain america back in the 40s yeah when he crash landed and like got frozen one thing i i had a problem with this is at the end of the movie this is kind of a spoiler but not really if you've seen Endgame. uh you mean infinity war yeah, yeah, no, no. If you've yeah, seen I Endgame. hope that no, I hope that no one's seen Endgame yet. <laughs> um, Captain Marvel has a pager that Nick Fury can just contact her whenever the battle at New York wasn't a big enough emergency for that. Neither yeah. was the whole Ultron thing, which, like, I get I'm nitpicking, right? But I don't know. I think I'd be making a call real quick. So, I mean, I think it's it's a fine movie. I'm not going to be like one of those people that's mad because it's a woman or anything like that. Like that's stupid. Like, yeah, if you're going to be mad at a movie, like be mad at something like legitimate. Uh, It's definitely not as bad as and this is probably going to get me uh, crucified. uh, But the first Captain America, (laughs) I hated I hated that movie. Really? I hated the first Captain America. It was so boring to me. But I mean, like, I think the first Avengers was kind of like when people started taking Marvel a little bit, a more little seriously. more seriously, yeah. But Winter Soldier was when I actually started caring about the Captain America movies, and then I just realized that I hated the character of Captain America. So <laughs> I was like, oh, it's not just the movies; it's like the character. Yeah, I'm Team Iron Man until I die. Right. But yeah, that's our thoughts about Captain Marvel. Um, sorry if that's not what you wanted to hear. <laughs> uh, you know, we aim to please, but also we want to stay true to ourselves. Very true. <laughs> Well, hey, thank you guys so much for the love on all our previous episodes. Um, You can find us on all relevant social medias. Um, We are also on Spotify and iTunes. 
So go ahead and leave us a review if you haven't. Those iTunes reviews really do help us get discovered. Um, so just go on there if you have time. It takes like 10 seconds. Just rate five stars and leave. Yeah, and also, like, it's just fun reading them. Oh, it. I every night I go and check them. Or, like, not every night. <laughs> every, every night, night I lie awake. I go to bed. No, like, yeah. w- at least twice a week I go and check them. And when I see them, it literally, like... That's great. When there's yeah. a new one, I'm like, man, this is this is great. It's validation to know that, like, people are listening and that people are actually yeah. like, finding it funny. So thank you guys so much for those that already have left five-star reviews. Um, but we're greedy and we want more. <laughs> um, we because need more. we have a lot of really cool ideas for this. And uh, we want to turn this into something. I mean, this is just me personally. I want to turn this something into, into something more. Yeah, I mean, Disney wants to purchase Germany. We want the world. Yes. That's right. Uh, I want Disney to purchase this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> when I can retire in luxury. Yeah. If you have any questions or comments about the show, feel free to reach out on email um, at storytheplot at gmail.com. We check that pretty regularly. Send in movie suggestions. Send in comments. Send us your favorite memes. We'll definitely uh, take a look at those. (laughs) Actually, sending us the movies is really helpful to see what you guys want to hear. Yeah. Yeah, Um, for sure. We've had a a few of you guys already do that, and it's. I think we've already got some of our next few episodes already locked down. At least we have a big pool to choose from. Yeah, or if you just want a question or shout out uh, on the show, just send it in at uh, stirtheplot at gmail.com again. Anyway, thank you so much. That has been Stir the Plot, a podcast for movie lovers. I'm Brady King. I'm Derek Fultz. I'm Colton Hart. And I'm Dalton. And if you see Sandra Bullock, you should give her a hug. Because she might be a witch. <laughs> <laughs> she might be on Adam Levine's kill list. Somebody put. Somebody put. She put the butt.